So, Berto, have you, how many Stranger Things episodes have you seen? I've seen uh, all second, of season one. Stra- all of season one. And I've seen the first five of season two. How many are there in season two? Like ten? Nine or ten. Nine. So I'm about halfway through. Yeah, I think nine. I think nine. Um, okay. So the last... Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, the last thing that happened... Well, wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, so, okay, okay. So we have to talk. So are we going to spoil up through... Up through episode five, I, I was just trying to let you know where I was, just to be clear. But L- let's spoil fun. up. Let's spoil, let's spoil up, up through episode. episode five. And I'm gonna say some things beyond episode five, with the thought that I don't want to spoil it for Birdo or yeah. anyone else. So, so because we hate having to edit ourselves. Yes. Essentially. <laughs> well, so did you like it? Do you, do you like a, a season two? So I'm far? actually enjoying. So far, I'm enjoying season two a little better than season one. Really? Now, I'll say that. With two caveats, certainly the novelty and the references in season one were like amazing, and then in season two, there's more references and more cool stuff like that. But the novelty is is worn a little bit. Uh, that said, I sort of find season two the uh, to be more stressful and scary. Yeah. It's very scary. Yeah. I mean, season one was definitely scary, too. Definitely scary. But season, season, what did I say? Season one? Season one. See, season two is... It's more I mean, haunting. Yeah, it's, it's a little darker, you know, with Will, right? And, and, and like also where, with... Where, uh, what's the, where's Will at your point? Yeah, so, so what's happened where I'm at is... Um, six, uh, what's her name? Six, I was going to say six. Um, Eleven. Eleven went and met her mom. Okay. And uh, Will is, they just went and got dug down under the the ground to rescue the cop. Okay, Hopper. Hopper. And Will... And Will's been like, you know, trying to help them, but he's also like, uh, you know, he's possessed. Basically. Right. So, so you're past the point where Will has been invaded. Yeah, he's been very invaded. That was dark shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he, he has this talk with Bob... And Bob's like, you know, you just got to stand up you to gotta stand up. You just got to turn around and say no. And that's the moment in the movie where it works. Yeah. And he turns around. And he tries it. And he tries it. And he, he just really tries it. And he's such a fragile actor. So that know? would have been the moment in the movie where the creature backs off. Yeah. Or or someone shows up. Someone shows and up. And saves him. Gandalf. Finally, the, the Gandalf instead character. Instead he gets raped. Yeah, mouth raped by this. Everything raped. Brain raped. Oh. And it's, it, it, I agree. So between the way that Eleven is is behaving and what you know what she's going through and him it's dark and it's scary. Yeah, it's it's dark too once you find out pretty soon about why the mom lost her mind. Okay. Like, I I mean, I did see this sequence where they were basically, uh, they had had her and they were doing like electroshock. Oh, okay. So so that's dark too. Yeah. And then, and then she's she's got a combination to a thing. She, well, she's stuck in like the, this, these flashing images. Yes. Apple, something, rainbow, rainbow, three to the left. Like she's stuck in this, in this, can you imagine being stuck in a oh loop like God. that? Oh my God, incredible. So what I was going to say is... Well, let's introduce Joe. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist, a professor, and a binge watcher of Stranger Things when it comes out. Who are you, Berto? My name is Humberto Castaneda. I hold three world records in the game of Joust. So I... Uh, <laughs> the video game? No. Oh. Um, I just... Uh, short little thing i didn't like it as good as season one but i definitely but definitely liked it okay 
I binged it in two nights. I oh wow yeah. <laughs> I I, I it, uh, that's how much I liked it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Mindhunter, I watched in probably like a week or so. Well, I probably I probably watched it yeah over the span of a couple of weeks at like twenty minutes at a time. I see. Okay. Stranger Things, it's. It's the story is so it once it got going in season two, yeah. it's like you just got to know what happens, right? You know, uh, Netflix show 2017, 94% Rotten Tomatoes, created, written, directed, produced by the Duffer Brothers. Um, so, so yeah, we're gonna spoil it up through episode episode five. So, let's talk about the good and the bad. Let's start, let's start with the goods, sure. So what 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 was good? About I mean, so Ghostbusters. I was so happy when they had Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I would have killed to have that costume. Right. Well, that's one of the bads that I have. Oh, actually, do you? Is like there today those those costumes would be like insane. Yeah. You know, for back then they would have been ridiculous. Yeah, like say. back then in no in one would have had that. Eighty four because it's set in eighty four. I think. Yeah. People didn't do Halloween they, the way they do today. Okay. Like, like today, you would see a costume like that maybe on some people. Yeah. So but, you thought that that was anachronistic. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, was, I, was, I would have liked it if it was way jankier, you know? I could totally understand that criticism. Like, I, like where, <laughs> like, the three of them had good jumpsuits, but one of them couldn't afford it, so... He didn't have a good jumpsuit. I mean, they did. One of them had a, a crappier jumpsuit, but not crappy but, enough. But but very good, you know. Yeah. And the and the and the but the and the trappers the, and the things. Yeah, they had the trap with the yellow <laughs> yeah. and the black. I looked exact, yeah. you know. And that I would I wished it would have been like a hose, a hose from a from a you know from a vacuum, and then like just a backpack, totally. just like just a regular backpack. Because where did they get those? Who built those? Right. Who, do, who? What kind of material oh, scientist? To be fair, though, they might have found them on eBay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, so that I, I mean, you know, it wasn't a terrible thing. But so you're right. I didn't even think of that because I, I, all I was thinking was, I mean, I loved Ghostbusters, and so I was sitting there like, oh my god, I would have died for that costume. But right. of course, you're right. What costume? Right. <laughs> Now, when they go to the Halloween party and there's all the there's all the costumes there, that was more realistic yeah. because the costumes, like one guy just had like a really makeshift toga. That was more like out of a Karate Kid, right? You know? <laughs> so, what's some other good things that we could? All think? right, I mean, I again, I love the music, yeah, and the arcades, yeah. Oh my god, the arcade is awesome, yeah. Um, yeah, I liked the I liked the fact that the bad scientist guy wasn't super evil. Oh, right. Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. Like, I was like, oh, is this guy... Because in the beginning of this, you know... Yeah. Well, so maybe I'm spoiling a little bit, but... Well, no, at the, no, at the very beginning, you don't know who he is, so you're thinking, he's the new bad guy. Has he... Has he... He's met with the sheriff, and they've talked through the stuff, and the sheriff's like, you better investigate this, because you don't Okay, so shit. I'm spoiling it a little bit in that, I'm pretty sure I am anyway, that the Paul Reiser character in the beginning is he seems like an evil character yeah. and and it and I was worried it was going to really go full evil government situation but pretty much halfway th maybe just after where you're at you start learning that the Paul Reiser character is trying to do his job and he's not evil you well cuz like they brought in the girl and her boyfriend or not the boyfriend um Steve Steve I never know these names or well, not Steve um, um 
the uh, brother of yeah wi- of brother of will yeah yeah what's what that we love we do love these commercially viable shows that we don't know names uh, of. let's see there's um let's see that the, the, the jonathan 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 okay. byers yeah so anyways remember they went to uh they were confronting them they got captured yeah. and they were confronting them but it was like man this is what we're doing here <laughs> right right they're 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 more yeah so and it and it you got to watch the rest in fact, of it. In fact, in some ways, they're now being unreasonable because he's like, listen, trust me, if this gets out to the countries we don't want, it's going to be way worse. Right, right, right. And yet now they're like, nah, we're doing it anyways. Right. I loved Bob. I, I, they So they originally, the Duffer brothers originally wrote the Bob character as a antagonist. He was going to oh, be- Oh, really? Yeah, he's going to be like a jerk. The bad stepdad? Yeah, bad stepdad. But- when Sean Astin uh, uh, came on board, they rewrote the entire character. Nice, and I loved every time Bob was on screen. I was, I was, I was digging it. I, I actually, it's so great because I've had this mix of, of like un- annoyed by this, but then realizing that I'm only annoyed because of how crappy our expectations are. Yeah. Because I'm sitting there going like, why is he not being a dick to the kids, right? And I'm like. When do we find out that he's not? What's the when does the other shoe drop? Yeah, and instead, like he's just like a nice guy. Yeah, and what she needs and what that family needs. Yeah, yeah. He he's he's funny. Sean Astin. You you haven't seen? I mean, he went and helped them rescue the cop. Okay. Have you seen him with the map inside the yeah. buyer's house? Yeah, because remember, she's like trying to keep him away. And he's like, and he, comes he says, in. Bob the Brain, that's what they call him. And she's like, come in. Yeah, that scene is so good. Yeah. He's, 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 he's like, he's like, um, yeah, but why? You know, yeah. like there's these, there's these lines that Aston is just, it's just yeah. beautiful. Cause, cause you're just like the tension there. Cause it's like Aston doesn't know what's happening. Right. Anyway. Um, it's I, super cool. Yeah, I love Steve. You know, he. I like how. His, oh, so he became super likable. Yeah, yeah. And he became likable at the end of last season. That's fair. But, but yeah, they, I like that they because he could have been a character that they didn't really focus on this season. Well, and remember, it was a shock at the end of the last season when she's back with him. Yeah, so you're like, oh, they're back but together. Totally makes. Totally I remember makes totally liking that because it's it, like, yeah, that was yeah. a great choice. Yeah. Um, That's one thing the show has done is they have subverted expectations right. for, uh, along the way. Right. They're like, well, it's cliche to have a stepdad. Right. You know, um, who is a dick. Uh, I, I liked how they changed the story, you know, pretty yeah. significantly, but, or they, you know, they didn't just repeat the same story. That is one, there is one aspect about it that I don't like. What? The, or well, it's just not as effective, I should say. In the first story, the problem is very obvious and clear from the start. Yeah. This child has gone missing. Right. In this one, it's like, I mean, I again, I like it, but it's just like, yeah. he's having nightmares, but why? And right, yeah. That's, so it's just a little harder to relate. Right. Yeah. I get. I totally agree with that in yeah. that it it takes a while for the obvious problem to emerge. Yeah. Other than, well, all the pumpkins are dying. I mean, that's a problem. You know? like, yeah. But, but it, it doesn't become... You, in fact, at your point, 
Do you even know what the problem is exactly? Oh, no, because they just, they noticed, uh, the scientists noticed this effect that the stuff that they found in the crops has. Yeah. And obviously we know that there's this creature and he's invaded Will, but that's where I'm at. Right. Yeah. So it, and this is five episodes. In. Right. <laughs> right. So eventually you get more of that story. Right. And then it very quickly like wraps itself up. It, it's it's sort of the one of the problems that uh, the the prequels to Star Wars final acknowledge them temporarily, but one of the problems they had was uh, you would think it was a clear problem statement, you know, yeah. the descent into madness of Darth Vader, but that's only like the the like if you're really into the Star Wars universe, you sort of know why that's important, yeah. right? But as just a movie, just coming into it as a movie, right. you don't really have the context. It's like, why do I care what's happening? Right. Whereas in, in the original, right, you get right off the bat, geez, my uncle and aunt were killed. All oh, this princess got kidnapped. Like, well, there's a lot of shit that happens right off the bat. And you have this evil empire that is blowing right. up planets. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> so in the, in the same way, in the first episode of the first season, kid goes missing. Right. What the hell? Right. It takes a while. That's one criticism about the second season is is it takes a while for the story to kind of get going. Mm-hmm. It, it's like the first few episodes are almost like prologue to the first season mm-hmm. in a certain way, you know? Yeah. Um, they're they're sort of like answering questions and that's wrapping true. things up. And anyway. But I, I, I am enjoying it. Though. Yeah. I still enjoyed it, yeah. though. But I remember thinking like, where's this going? You yeah. know, but I remember totally enjoying watching yeah. Uh, I like the fact that there's more Lucas and more Dustin. Yeah. Um, uh, And Will, played by Noah Schnapp, is an amazing kid actor. He's great. Like, I'm I'm sad in in a way that he had such little involvement in the first one. Right. And glad he's, like, key in this one. I mean, the faces he makes and the the terror and the pain – faces that he makes right. is like just so believable yeah um and i've also so far found that they are doing a good job balancing because they have a lot of characters right there's a lot of like storylines and yeah. I, i'm like it's being balanced fairly well right yeah, yeah. You, you you feel like you're the the one is it finn is that the is that the main the main kid finn yeah finn uh he's he's the main kid of the four yeah he's the one who's upset at the redhead girl he, he was like the main character in the first one. season yeah. and this season he's like really secondary you know and actually it's funny his what's happening to him at least so far reflects the reality which is he he's playing sort of second fiddle and he's upset about that in the because <laughs> he's like ah this redhead's coming and like ah it's disrupting our team and yeah. you know and that's kind of neat. I also really like the plot with the little creature, the polywog, the dart, dart, dartania. Um, that is that was a, a, a again. I I've seen it open its mouth, but I knew sort of from the beginning. I'm like, that's got to be one of those creatures. Uh, I uh, loved I loved the yeah that that whole story arc. I, the amount of story arcs that they managed to cram into nine very mm-hmm. concise episodes is actually pretty yeah. impressive. So th- there's a whole story arc to that okay. to that whole thing. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, eleven and um, eight. Oh no, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, um, eleven and the the dad the the cop. Yeah, what's Hop- his name? Hopper. 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 Their relationship. 
That's really interesting. Yeah. Because they, they again, they could have made him always super understanding. And yeah. Instead, he's totally ineffective at one point. Right. He's being, he's being a jerk. He, and, and, and a lot of parents can relate to that. Yeah. And it makes sense. Story story wise, especially if you remember season one, right? He lost, he his, lost daughter, his daughter, and yeah, he and he's so overprotective as a result, right? Right, yeah. and and logical, of you course. know, like if if anyone finds out about her, right? I mean, game it's just, over. It's just interesting that instead of like, but because you know, instead of like, oh, this has got to be so hard for you. Instead, he's like, I can't. Don't you understand? Yeah, because that's cause that, that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, you know, he's not a touchy feely right. guy. You know, right. he's just like a come on. You know, oh my god, favorite character, Lucas's little sister. Lucas's. Wait, little have sister. you seen many scenes with her yet? Uh, at the when she's putting the cereal and she's yeah yeah that I've only seen like two. Oh well, you've seen. And you've seen the when he, she's making fun of him in his yes. uh, in his yes. Halloween outfit, yes, where they're taking pictures, and, and she's, she's like, she's like yes. nerd, nerd. Uh, she's only in like she only has like five scenes. <laughs> she is very entertaining, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I like oh, eight is the one at the beginning of the of the series, right? She's the one that makes the cop think that the bridge collapsed or whatever, right? Right? The right, tunnel, right? I like that. And this isn't spoiling anything, really. I I like that they don't mind offing some characters. I'll just say, okay. Um, and because in a show like this, it's tempting to just make it always like a happy ending, right? And this episode or this season, um, you know, takes it doesn't. A, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't end well for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, like the first. What's interesting is the first season. It didn't end well, even even without the second season, because at the very end of the season is when you see him throwing up the creature. Right. You also see Eleven gone. Right. And the only hint. I mean, like. The, anyways, the point is, even the first season doesn't end up super happy. Right. <laughs> uh, this one doesn't either. Yeah. Um, but so uh, let's go over some of the eighty stuff that I that I loved. Um, right, so you said arcades. What uh, what video games did we have in there? They showed uh, the uh, Dragon's Quest, Dragon's, Dragon's Lair, Lair. Sorry, yeah. Dragon's Lair. Did you play that back in the day? Only. So here is my story with Dragon's Lair. Because uh, remember, I would have these intermittent visits to the states. Right, the rest of the time I'm in Colombia, and the arcades in Colombia were predictably several years behind the arcades here. So I come over one summer, and we go to Chuck E. Cheese for a birthday party. And I'm going through, and I'll, and I have that reaction that almost every kid must have had, where I look over and I'm like, "What the? F- did they just skip two generations of games all of a sudden?" Yeah, because I, especially because at the time I was already into programming, so I knew the capabilities of different systems and what they could do. Right, and I couldn't explain it. I'm like, "How are they? Yeah, doing so, full cartoon yeah. graphics? So, yeah." So for those that you don't that don't know, Dragon's Lair. And you see it at the beginning. It's the first season, the first scene that they have, I think, in the in the show. It was a video game, but it looked like a pristine uh, Disney cartoon because they had, which I didn't know at the time, they just had different scenes. They, they had basically that, animated exactly like a Disney right. cartoon. In fact, the main animator was an ex Disney animator, right? And, and, and they put so it on a laser disc. As the scene was, you know, the the night was running. You had to, at a precise moment, hit the controller a certain way, right. 
and then it would trigger the next scene in yeah. which he doesn't fall into the fiery pit. Right. You know? It was choose your own adventure. <laughs> yeah. But with video, laser disc quality video. Right. But for someone, and so even though I was... So that was the leap forward in technology, was the ability to trigger video very quickly. Right. And I actually, but I didn't even know how they were doing it. Even though I was into computers, I certainly wouldn't have guessed immediately. And they never, that to my knowledge, risk. they never, to my knowledge, made another video game like that. They did make more, especially remember on uh, in PCs, they had several video games that were like that that were cd-rom based i don't remember those but they there was uh it seems it seemed like a it, to me it's like a one-off major game yeah because it wasn't fun <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that it, was the thing so so did you did you play it back yeah then? and i i immediately didn't like it yeah because it's so hard <laughs> well it was not it was not, it was hard well and you can't control basically what happened for those that don't know the game it wasn't a game where you like Move the character. Yeah, it wasn't like you had... Like, if something was coming at the character <laughs> and you dodged it with your controller, it didn't work that way. No. You had to memorize these these uh, button pushes and movements. Yeah. It And it wasn't necessarily intuitive to what you were being presented on right. screen. So you're basically memorizing a, a sequence, you know? So in modern video games, when they have quick time events, as they're called... A lot of times they don't work well and gamers don't even like them. But when they do work well, like in Call of Duty 4, you will recall there were a few quick time events. Not mm-hmm. many, but a few. They're more contextual. So you're like, oh, I try to. I need to escape the helicopter crashing into my face or something. So it's coming on the right side. So I'm going to veer left. But even, even then, when it is contextual, oftentimes gamers don't like that kind of thing. Right. But back then, like you're saying, it wasn't even like that. It was random. And until right. you memorized it, it was not fun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> th- there was even one, one scene where I think you have to jump on these different tiles and like some of the tiles you're going to fall through the floor and some you don't and, and there's, there's no way and there's no way to know no. you just have to memorize it it's and, a quarter eater and it was 50 cents it was 50 cents at, at a time when almost no games were 50 cents right so they had one of these at factoria mm-hmm. at the cinema and my older brother who had a job and uh-huh. had a lot of quarters and was was very into video games of this sort. Uh-huh. He got real good at Dragon's Lair. Okay, <laughs> I never. I think I played it once and was like died instantly. And I was like, this isn't fun at all. Well, and for me, because I was also a little younger than you guys, it it, it actually didn't even make sense because I, I I it took me too long to connect that what I was doing, that you know the whole like oh I'm gonna have to memorize this. So the first couple times I played it, I'm like. I don't understand what just happened, but right. I just died. Right, right. <laughs> when I moved the stick, he didn't move. Yeah, he didn't move. He didn't move the way I wanted. Yeah, so my my older brother became one of those guys yeah. who had played it so long or had... I don't know how he f- figured it out. I don't know if he just played it over... I'm, I'm guessing he just played it over and over again because he wouldn't be the sort of guy to subscribe to some gamer uh-huh. trade magazine or something, you know? <laughs> And yeah, he memorized and, he and, and, and was able to get through. Uh-huh. So that was one of the kind of cool things about the game is when you got good at it and memorized it, you could play for a long time. And if you were watching it, that was cool. Yeah. Because you right. could kind of see the story. Because it looks like a, and it looks like like a, a real Disney story. Game. Yeah. And, and that's so my, my memory of that moment 
so here I am in Colombia. I've got a color, a tiny color computer, and I'm learning how to program. And I've also gone to a computer lab at like the government uh, building where they have a Tandy 1000, which got better graphics. And I know what these systems can do. And then my friend has a Nintendo, and I know sort of what that system can do. And I go to this arcade. And and I'm like on the you look to one side there's a monitor with a character with it's like ten pixels tall and the other one and then you look at this thing and it's full screen graphics full motion and I have no idea how they're doing it yeah so that's what initially blew my mind yeah Dig Dug did you ever play Dig Dug uh yeah definitely yeah that was a fun game actually that, that was that, a very well designed game yeah. yeah yeah I feel like it didn't get enough credit because. It was kind of after a lot of the other big games yeah. to come out, you know, Pac-Man and Space right. Invaders. Uh, I feel like Dig Dug, you could really play, once you got kind of the mechanics down, you could. You, there was a skill to it. Yeah, that was one that you felt more rewarded by getting better. <laughs> right, right. Um, high scores. Do you, do you what what do you remember about getting did were you a high score guy back in the day? No, cuz I I a never had enough quarters and yeah. B never was around arcades long enough to get good at stuff. Oh man, I I was. <laughs> I, there were certain games that that I got good at uh-huh. back, back in 1984. Uh one of them was Red Baron. Oh, nice. Which is like a a line it's a it's a black and white line yeah. it you know anyway. Uh, it was a great. A, it was a flying game, and you know, you tried to shoot down other. It was so a, you had a high score on that, and you were on the screen. I think I would whenever I because not a lot of people played that game, uh-huh. and so when I played it, I would almost always get Ooh. one of the high scores. I'll never forget one time. So Seattle Center at one time used to have an arcade, okay, it, it, like near the Space Center. Right yeah. there, there used to be a. They made like a a new section for an arcade. Okay. And whenever we would go there, I would I would go to the arcade and I would play Red Baron. And one time, I was playing so well, and there was enough. You know, Seattle Center people walk into the arcade. They might uh-huh. just they might just do kind of a walkthrough. <laughs> you know, it's they might not necessarily be playing it. And and over time, a crowd you know like developed behind me as I was oh playing. nice. And my thirteen year old self just you know just I was like Tron. <laughs> Just like in Tron, right? I just wanted to be like Jeff Bridges in Tron with like a crowd behind you, like cheering. Right. Uh, so so high score on that. I would get high score in Galaga. Um, I still do, actually, sometimes. For uh, me, I always had a crowd around me going, hurry up and die. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, looking for coins in the couch. Do you, do you remember? <laughs> no, like, again, mine was... Mine was like, here's your two quarters. <laughs> no, like I just had a very different experience about this. But but I, I, I guess I remember feeling so special when I would get to play on an arcade machine. Because yeah. it was rare and it was like... Well, so in Colombia, there was this one place we would go to every now and then for lunch on a Saturday. And they had the sit-down cabinets, some of the ones like Galaga and yeah. Pac-Man. And so that was such a treat because I'd be waiting and I wouldn't say anything because I didn't want to jinx it. And then my grandpa would be like, do you want a couple quarters for or whatever Colombian coins it would cost? And, oh, really? And so I'd be like, oh, yes. And it was so awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think I was a bit luckier than you, as you <laughs> described. I feel like all I did from 80 two to 85 is you know play like we went to chuck e cheese all the time i think if you were if you were anywhere in the middle class in this country at that age you were probably getting quite a bit of arcade time yeah 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 
other 80s things like the curtains and the furniture are just spot on. The Reagan Bush versus Mondale Ferraro thing. Oh, right. Uh, Mondale, yeah. Who's the one that has the Mondale sign? Um, uh, Dustin Mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was very accurate, too, because even people that you might think are on the liberal side of things still had a Reagan Bush mm-hmm. because that election was one of the biggest landslides, maybe the biggest landslide ever. I mean, right. it, it, I think it was maybe the last time that Washington and California and Oregon went Republican. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine Washington state, right. Washington state, like voting Republican majority for and this. This was a lot, a lot of it had to do with the oil crisis, right? Um, because every, like the economy was in the pits. Well, so this is 84. So this is, the, oh, this right. Is, sorry. Reelection. Yeah. This is Reagan's reelection. Oh, okay. 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 All oh, right, I was thinking when the, from Jimmy. Okay, got it. Uh, the prevailing thing at this at this point was the evil empire, the you oh, know the Russians, the Russians and right. nuclear war, and, and Reagan was a very um, you know he's a tough guy right. in, in that way. Um, Mondale Ferraro, Ferraro, the first female mm. uh, vice president, not um, you know candidate, which was a big deal at the time. Interesting. Uh, piggy banks. Uh, banana <laughs> seats on bikes. So their bicycles, bikes. Same, same, same as last season, yeah. was their bikes are so stupid, you know. But <laughs> I, I had the exact same bike. It was a it was a style thing where you had these really tall kind of chopper style yeah. handlebars, and then you had this banana seat bike yeah. that or seat that was designed. I'm guessing so that you could have two people on the bike if you wanted to. I guess, but you yeah. never really did that. It, this was way like this was before the bike tech really like right. came in. Right. So around that time was when BMX bike. Right. Like yeah, and you had to have the small little uh, seat and like the yeah. perfect everything. Yeah. Uh, Radio Shack reminds me of the 80s. Uh, right. Trapper Keepers. So Radio Shack makes me really sad because I loved Radio Shack. Oh, yeah. Dude, as a, as musicians oh, and, yeah. and, and recording artists right. and computer people. Yes. Oh, like, my God. Radio Shack ha- would have like that one whole... Whole like section, wing man. where it was just all uh, connectors. And the, and the, their uh, catalog... Oh, I would drool over the catalog so much. You know, I'd see all the little. Remember the Armatron robot? Yeah, the little arm that you could. I I got that one for Christmas one time, and uh, I had picked it out from the catalog. And I remember all their little keyboards. They had the Casio keyboards and all the things listed. And yeah. I loved Radio Shack. Remember how in the eighties how they would take breaks during podcasts? Oh, <laughs> let's take a break. All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast, do so now. Go to patreon.com, become a patron, and you get access to a bunch of our premium episodes. And also, we tend to answer your questions more if you're a patron. Also, buy my new book, which I just published, called Multi-Role Clinical Supervision. Should they buy multi-copies of it? Yes, they should, actually. I'm obsessively checking on Amazon uh, to see how many people have bought my book, and so far... Four people have bought my book. What? That means I haven't bought it. I better buy it. <laughs> you don't need to buy it. Why? I'll buy your book. So uh, two people a day. So two people the first day and two people the second day. <laughs> I mean, that is a niche book. So four yeah, people. It's, it's a very niche book. Four yeah. very interested people. But honestly, I, I would imagine that if you are a listener to the podcast, there's enough. It, 
if you like most of the episodes of this podcast, I'm going to guess that even if you're not a clinician, you might like this book. I actually read some of your book, and I got to say, the, the podcast had a more clear reason why we were caring from the beginning, whereas in the book, it was a little unclear where it was going, <laughs> and the monster was a little bit vague. And- the monster was vague? Yeah. I don't know. I thought the most. Um, also, tell a friend about the podcast. Spread the word. Join the Facebook fan group. Also, note that we have a live event in Seattle at Antioch University. Yay. January 27, 2018. Please attend that. Uh, we have people traveling. Famous patron Lyndon is actually flying out from Ireland. That's so exciting. Uh, also, uh, just be a good person because you should be. So other kinds of 80s stuff. Uh, John Carpenter style synth score. Yeah, that, that's one thing that I hope, I hope that people really understand is like the music and the title <laughs> sequence and everything oh, is a direct homage ripoff yes. of John Carpenter. Yes, so good. <laughs> and, and so when, you know, when, that, when you hear that thing, you should be like, the Duffer Brothers are riffing on John Carpenter. This yeah. is not a, like the Stranger Things style. In a lot of ways, can be attributed to John Carpenter, yeah. and they are sure to yeah. credit him. But I worry that people don't understand that. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. And I worry that they're gonna like. I'm worried that in ten years, someone will oh, do a, Duffer style. So, yeah, <laughs> someone will do an homage of of Stranger Things, and it'll be like, oh, this is like Duffers. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, no, the no, Duffer no, Duffer style. Yeah. If you want to watch good examples of that, you know, Escape from New York, mm-hmm. The Thing, which is one of my right. favorite movies, Starman, right. uh, these kinds of movies. And then also, um, I feel like there's a lot of, well, of course, there's a lot of influences. And, and Stephen King is, uh, or I should say, Stephen King movies are also influencing parts of that. Yeah. Um, Spielberg is also a major influence. E.T., Poltergeist, The Goonies. Yeah. Gremlins, obviously Ghostbusters, Terminator, Stand By Me. Um, on the TV, we see a lot of TV shows. Do you remember any of the TV shows that we see? Oh, she does watch a lot, but now I'm sort of like spacing on that. We see Cheers. We really? see We see Punky Brewster. Do you remember the Punky Brewster? Well, first of all, I never watched either of those shows. Oh, really? Which I know is sort of... Like, I know a lot of people love Cheers. Um, I That one, I know. I, I mean, I, I saw it playing often, and so I roughly know what it's about. I definitely know the song. I just never really watched it. And Punky I did, Brewster, man. I know what it is, but I also didn't watch it. I don't... Th- I think Punky Brewster was geared more toward younger people, yeah. so I don't think I saw it. What? Family Feud, All My Children, Mr. Mom. The the only... I don't know how I... I didn't catch any of those. <laughs> well, Mr. <laughs> Mom, have you re- reached the... You must have, where they're like, let's watch a movie, and he's like, let's watch Mr. Yeah. Mom. No, that, now I remember that scene. It's just... Uh, with um, what's his name, Batman? Yeah, I, I never, Keaton. I never watched that movie. Oh, it's a great movie, Mister Mom. So I feel like the ones they picked are the ones I never watched. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All my children is the only soap I ever watched. There, I never watched so much. <laughs> there was a, a a summer in college when I took a class that uh, there was a. I had a couple hours of break in between classes. And I would walk back to my apartment and I was like, what am I going to do during that <laughs> time? I, I, it's not enough time to do anything. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll watch a soap opera. <laughs> so, so all my children was on at noon, I think. And 
I, I got really into it. You know, I watched because because that's the <laughs> that's the magic of soap operas is like you have to watch, you have to keep up with it. Well, okay, but but answer me this because, and and I noticed the uh, the same was true in Latin America and everything. There were soap operas where. Uh, I knew as a kid, only I mean, I, I, like my grandma watched it, or maybe it was on, or whatever. And then years went by, and I'm talking to someone, and they mentioned the soap opera. I'm like, oh, I remember that back in the day. It's like, what do you mean? It's still playing. And I'm like, yeah. wait, what? And then I'll watch a little bit. And I'm like, wait, that's the same freaking plot from ten years ago. Yeah. How do they not make forward progress? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the magic is that they just inch forward <laughs> yeah. these these epic plot lines, you know. Um also oh, ET yeah. is referenced in Eleven's costume when she has the the you know, she, oh, she right. the ghost yeah. outfit and um also after your point there's a another ET reference of like the the Reese's pieces thing. Uh, the thing is referenced quite a bit with the flamethrower. Uh, right. You have Indiana Jones. I don't think you've reached this part yet, but no, he grabs the hat. Oh, okay, so you've yeah. seen that part. Um, Farrah Fawcett hairspray. I don't think you're at that point yet. I don't think so. So Steve tells Dustin. You know, this is a Steve Dustin. Oh yeah, the little the buddy, the little love interest. Yeah. Well, the the buddy, dude. That was more than buddies. <laughs> They had a nice little shower scene together. <laughs> Steve Steve starts giving advice to Dustin hey, hey. on on how to do hair. Are they brothers? No. Are they co-workers? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 just saying. Just saying. <laughs> um also Bob's uh video camera which is the same model as the one owned by Doc Brown in in Back to the oh, Future. Oh, really? That's a nice homage there. Yeah. Now, that part actually pulled me out of it a little bit because in 1984, although maybe that video camera existed then, mm. the average person, I guess Bob worked at Radio Shack, He's so maybe an extreme, he was. But. but to me, that sort of pulled me out of it a little bit because my dad had a video camera and he bought it in 1982, I think. And the video camera he bought in 82, he was, we were still using as a family in 84. Yeah. And we were one of the only people we knew in the entire town. Right. Who had a video camera. But, and it was the big, it had the big cassettes, right? Big cassettes. Yeah. Not only big cassettes, but you had to carry the VCR with you on your, uh, in a, in a, in a satchel. Okay. And the camera, you didn't put the tape in the camera. Oh, really? The tape in the camera, uh, that camera became widespread like around 1990 or something. So even though this JVC camera was available in during this time, like my mom had a, my mom had a video camera with the tape in the camera at around 88. Right. So that was, it was around that time. And so it kind of pulled me out a little bit. Cause I'm like that camera feels more because not only what because they were smaller tapes in yeah there, right yeah. yeah not only was it in the camera but it was a small so they tape. might they must have had or they might have had them but they would have been like so like elite, expensive elite. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly but you know anyways it's, it's yeah. just one of those small um he-man action figure we see uh max's trick-or-treating costume she's jason Voorhees wait, from wait, Halloween. when did we see the he-man i'm trying to remember there's a he-man action figure yeah, I think in Finn's house when he's oh. putting stuff for the for the uh, uh, the yard okay, sale. Okay, so so did I ever tell you about my my He Man experience? No. 
So I'm in Colombia, and of course I've not heard of He-Man. And one day, my aunt comes to pick me up from my house, because every other weekend I would go to my grandma's house. And she picks me up, and she's like, oh, you should see, your, your mom sent some toy for you. And I'm like, really? Like, yeah. And it's like, you press these buttons or something, and like, the muscles move. And I'm like, what? Really? It's like, yeah, it's like... It's like all the muscles move or something. And so in my head, I was imagining some sort of weird kind of robot thing or something where like you push buttons and muscles move. And then I get there and it's man at arms. Yeah. Now, of course, I loved it. And I was like, what? But I was like, oh, this is amazing. Okay, where's the other one? <laughs> Which one? The one where the muscles move. It's like, no, this is the one. And I'm like, wait. What the muscles move? I think they meant because he his torso could turn and the arms could move. Yeah, and he was buff. And you know, think of like an aunt back in the mid eighties where, like, she's never seen something like this, right? Yeah. So she's like, I don't know, the muscles move. Yeah. So, but I was like, I was so blown away. First, I was disappointed because I'm like, where's the muscle moving doll? Yeah. But then I'm like, what is it? And it comes with a with like the armor. Remember the orange armor and yeah. the club, and it came with a little comic book. Oh. And I was like. It was a little thin, little square comic book, and it had uh, the story where a merman comes out of the water and attacks He-Man. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, what is this? Wow. Oh. And on the back of the comic book, of course, they had the action figure, the other ones you could buy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I want that one. 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 <laughs> yeah, that show was so blatantly figure-oriented. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never saw – I didn't see the show till much later. <laughs> I watched the show – when I was in eighth grade, every day after school, like w- me and my friend, we'd walk home and we'd go to his house and flip on the TV and He-Man would be on. By the power of Grayskull! Yeah. Um, the Halloween costumes, other Halloween co- Did you know what Steve and Nancy went as? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. So it's kind of hard to tell. And I didn't recognize it. give me it. a hint? Because I'm trying to... It, it's hard to tell. It's when she was getting drunk. Yeah. So okay. Steve is, it, it's from Risky Business. Oh, so Steve, I, would, I wouldn't have caught Right. That. So Steve is Tom Cruise and Nancy is going as the prostitute. Okay, okay. Um, Madonna, one of the girls at the party is dressed up as Madonna from Like a Virgin, uh, Flashdance, Susie and the Banshees, Cobra Kai, Johnny from Karate Kid. I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cobra Kai. Which, that would have been fresh because that... Just came out that year. Karate Kid? Yeah, 84. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Huh. Also, you have direct... uh, You have Sean Astin, who is in The Goonies, right? Right. You have Paul Reiser, who was in Aliens. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. And that's like... There's a total... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And And in fact, he has... I mean, he, he is ultimately not a good guy, but... But he's more ambiguous, I should say. Right. Just than, like an alien. Yeah. yeah. You have uh, Carrie is sort of referenced. I don't know, but when Nancy dumps the red juice on oh, her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I, like I actually thought of that. I was like, that's like Carrie. Yeah. Uh, poltergeist when they're staring at the static at the TV. Yes. Um, I also keep saying under the skin, even though that's not 80s, but it was just like four or five years ago, Scarlett Johansson. Oh. There's, there's this... I don't think I saw There's that. a scene when they go to the black, uh, when Eleven goes into the mm-hmm. black room, you know, with the water on the ground, yeah. it's like a direct rip-off from, oh, okay. from Under the Skin. 
um, the words they use, totally tubular. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think I knew what totally tubular meant until 20 years later. But I did say that in the 80s. It was surfing, right? It right. was like you're in a tube. Right. You're surfing in a little wave tube. Right. And then surfers started saying about other things, oh my God, that's, that's totally tubular. Because tubular. they love tubes. Gnarly was yeah. skating, right? Ice, or like roller, blade, or roller skating, I mean. You mean skateboarding? Skateboarding. What did I just... Oh my God. Or was Gnarly still surfing and the skateboarders... I don't know. But okay. I'm guessing uh, it was surfing. Yeah, you know, for those that don't know and weren't around, for some weird reason, in the early mid '80s, beach culture and surfing culture had <laughs> had had been completely, you know, spread throughout the entire United States. <laughs> like every every '80s TV show around then had se- one or several episodes with the beach, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like a very small minority of places in the United States you can even surf one right. and two very small percentage of people who live in those neighborhoods surf yeah and but- very f- small percentage <laughs> of those surfers talk and act like a surfer you know but all our clothes were yeah. surf related yeah we had board OP. shorts op <laughs> ocean pacific we had uh breezing town and country yeah and and we we used surfer slang i mean it was such a weird thing like why would anyone say totally too and we wore those shorts right the board shorts yeah the- and we would have we had shirts that had surfboards on them and stuff. Yeah, and, you know, I'd never, I still to this day, I've I'm, never, I've never the touched. Same. You know? Yet I had so many of those. <laughs> Three Musketeers was a big, you know, uh, you know, candy bar at the time. Oh, we, ta- I was talking about that with a buddy of mine because we both remembered the first of all, it was my favorite candy bar. Really? Later it became Snickers, but at, at that age, that time it was it was definitely Three Musketeers. Huh. And yeah, Snickers I- is a far superior. A candy bar and Butterfinger too. Later it became a first, but I remembered the white wrapper. Yeah, because nowadays it's silver. Right now, all wrappers are really complex. Yeah, and that wrapper is so simple. Yeah, it's white with a little. Yeah, because I don't even think back then you needed to put the ingredients on the. You're wrapper, probably right. Yeah, you know, or and definitely not the <laughs> not the calorie. No, count. nothing. No. Uh, there are some D and D references. True Sight, which is a it's right. a uh, spell, and Mind Flare. Right, Mind Flare <laughs> is like a major D and D, you know, <laughs> monster that you fight. And as a D and D player myself, I've actually had entire campaigns designed around Mind Flares. Nice. Um, also, Aliens is kind of referenced in that when they get sucked into the wall. And they're, you know, like when mm-hmm. Hopper is, you know, getting trapped, it's right. sort of like when in Aliens, when the, the goo kind of... Right, right, right. Also, I thought about A-Team when they were outfitting... Or when it, you haven't been there yet, but there's sort of a there's sort of a montage, a where, montage? They, where they have to, like, outfit a bus, you know? Okay. Um, Jurassic Park is also the clever girl bit happens eventually. Mm. Um, and I wish I could talk about the last episode, because there's this... There's a very 80s thing that happens there. Mm-hmm. Well, God, it's not spoiling because you don't know who's going to make it. But um, it, let's just talk about school dances. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you have a snowball at all? No. Was that a winter ball or something? Oh, okay. So you don't know what a snowball is. So I mean, think, think about it. We don't have snow in Colombia. 
Yeah. Well, and Seattle, we didn't have much either. But well, And in Tacoma, my school had Tolo, Homecoming, Prom, that sort of it. Actually, wait. I am so old now. I am forgetting my 80s stuff. Yeah, we didn't have a snowball either. What we did have... That's <laughs> so funny. So we would... Once or twice a year, when we were in like the third, fourth, fifth grade, uh-huh. as a as a as a whole entire grade, we would go to Skate King. Oh, okay, <laughs> which is a it's a skating rink. Sure, and you for those that maybe are outside the country and don't know, it's like you have you play music like mm-hmm. modern rock music and you know, pop music, and there it's like a disco, but instead of dancing, you you skate in a circle. Right. And it's like an ice skating rink, but for, for roller skates. <laughs> and it was the four, not the inline skating, but the full four, you know, four by four. Oh, okay, okay. And there was always one moment in which they, the DJ would say, it's snowball time. Really? It's the snowball. And all the girls would line up on the far wall. Okay. Every single girl in the entire... In the entire venue, okay, every single girl would line up on the skating rink on one side, mm-hmm. and then, and then the guys were were supposed to skate around and like pick one of the girls, and you would hold their hand and you would skate during the song. Okay, so it'd be a love song like "Reunited" because it feels <laughs> so good, you know. And the thing was, was only about five guys would actually, would actually do it <laughs> like the like oh no <laughs> 80 guys would just vacate oh my God. they would just they would just go play video games during that song oh every single girl was there was lining there. waiting oh and and if you were one of the five guys you had you could pick whoever you wanted oh my god <laughs> what a social dynamic and it wasn't like a dance where people turned you down either it's just like if you picked someone right. you know they they would do it they'd do it you know and so although, although maybe it's because the only guys that stayed around are the kind of guys that wouldn't get turned down <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so that's so i was mixing that up but anyway well because as we've talked about before the, the social dynamic in Colombia is so different because at, at dance, everyone dances and you're just expected to ask, you know, everyone's dancing with each other. Yeah, and, and it's like not, because I've, I've done salsa dancing and, right. and the, the expectation is not like, as a woman, as a, as a female, if you say yes to a guy, you're, you're not saying you like him. Yes, there's no like, okay, fine, let's go dating. No, it's like, it's I'm a, dancing with you right now. Yeah. I'm going to do that multiple times throughout the night with almost everyone. Yeah. And it means nothing more than that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it might, but it, it might not. It, yeah. You know, whereas in, in the States, when you ask someone to dance, it, right. it meant something. Although I will say, when I was a kid, and we, we had a very different, very positive dance culture mm-hmm. when I was in seventh to eighth, uh, you know, when all high school, middle school ties, in that for... The, our grade, but like the grade above us and the grade below us wasn't like this, mm. in which we had that culture. We, would, we wouldn't dance very we well, dance. But, but you would just ask yeah. every girl you knew, right? and they would be like, sure, you know, yeah. and, and, it was, and every, everyone danced. Like, there was very few people who weren't dancing, uh-huh. so there was always a matchup, do you know what I mean? Right, right. And 
you would dance with your friends. Like I remember right. dancing with girls who I was just friends with, right. you know, and we would have a great time and that was that, you know, it didn't mean anything. And, right. and whereas other grades, they would, most people were sitting or they wouldn't even go to the dance, you know, <laughs> anyway. No, I totally remember that dynamic in dances here in the U.S. Like no one goes or I would, cause I would always go because I liked dancing and mostly it was me, a few friends that we all liked dancing. We'd be in the middle dancing, but there would be a lot of people not dancing. <laughs> right. All right. So let's, let's talk about some of the bad things. So you haven't seen episode seven yet. Yeah, I saw it with you and it was so great because yeah. we're waiting for episode eight. You're, you've seen up through episode five. Five, yes. Um, I hated episode seven. Oh, okay. I'm not going to spoil Tell, yeah, anything. Yeah, sure. But I will say that it felt like a bad heroes episode. Let, let me ask you: Is it uh, without spoiling it? Is it because out of character, or is it like a contrived uh, thing, or is it like it's? A- it, well, one episode seven is could basically be taken out of the season, okay. and you wouldn't miss anything. Oh, okay. It's it's it's, it's like a, a filler. <laughs> well, it. I know what they were trying to do with the story, but it's basically just about one character. Okay. And, and like I said, it it has nothing to do with the plot. It it has nothing to do with the main plot. And it was directed by someone who hadn't directed any of the other episodes. Oh, I see. And it's super cliche. Okay. And it feels different. It looks different. It's written differently. And I looked online. Everyone hates it. Oh wow, uh, um, <laughs> that's okay. I'll be on the lookout for that. And, and, and it's just—it's so bad. It is so dumb. And I mean, I—I I was watching. I was like, okay, uh, let's let's you know, I'll try to make this work. And 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 I, you know, I'm binging in two nights. I right. lo- I love this show. It's not like you're giving it the benefit of the doubt three weeks later. It's through that marathon. Yeah, and and I'm like 15 minutes. And I'm like, okay, you know, let's see. And I'm like. Something doesn't feel right. And then about like, you know, 16 minutes uh-huh. in, I'm like, this episode is stupid. <laughs> and like, and then, and then through that lens, I'm like, every scene, I'm like, oh my God, what? It's oh my maybe God, like what? how I felt about the bees episode in Black Mirror. Right. Which is, by the way, not as bad as the first episode of the series. Right. Oh, and did I tell you? I, I don't think I did. I was recently in San Francisco for my brother's birthday, and we were at a dinner, and the topic of Black Mirror came up, and yeah. I was geeking out with a couple of people who were like, oh, such an amazing show, blah, blah, blah. And then, and I think I said, or maybe they said, and of course, our favorite, the the first episode with the pig, and I'm like... Oh, and then I briefly considered not saying anything because, you know, I'm just, but I couldn't. I'm like, no, see, that's not, that's my least favorite episode. And so we got, because we had been totally like seeing eye to eye and all of a sudden, it was the scene where the DJ scratches the record and the music comes to a stop. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, (laughs) I've been in similar conversations. So was this like that, where you were watching the series, and all of a sudden, what just happened? Yeah. And then then I was like, I I can't wait for this episode to be over. That sucks. And then as soon as that episode was over, and episode eight begins, within like 30 seconds, I'm like, okay, we're back. (laughs) And, And episode eight and nine are like, are really good. You know, they're like very good episodes. And so I... 
I knew then that episode seven really stank because because okay. I'm like emotion. You know, if if a if a series loses you, right? Then I was like, well, it's just going to taint later episodes. But episode eight, like right away, I was okay. like, okay, this feels like Stranger Things again. So it was really like they took a chance with a guest director or whatever and it was like not good i don't yeah i don't know yeah I, you tell me when you but it was this. more than the it was the writing too like it was everything yeah the writing the acting okay the set design the okay. the, the characters the the choice the weird i mean there was the the, the story I wonder if, if, it, if i if it was <laughs> like if they reduced that whole episode down to like one scene in one episode then i would have been okay with it because there oh, there is wow. sort of a there is sort of a story there is sort of a story beat for one of the characters where they develop a little bit, you know? That must be such a hard thing with a series because in a movie, you could cut a half hour from a long movie yeah. and be still have a movie. Yeah. Imagine that, right? You could have this whole half hour where you're like, none of that works. Let's take it out. And certainly, you know, these epic long movies that they film four hours and they end up being an hour and a half or whatever. But in a series, if that episode didn't work... You have to like go shoot a whole other episode. Yeah, like that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the Duffer Brothers were thinking. I think, but what I want to think is the Duffer Brothers handed the episode over, and but but at the same time they wrote it. So oh, they wrote it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I assume that's anyway, weird. Other bad things. Uh, the Billy character I thought was a little over the top. Uh, wait, which one's Billy? Billy is the total asshole. Oh, the Camaro dude. Yeah, like his character is like <laughs> a little from cart- the start. Yeah. He walks out, and all the girls are like, "Who is that?" Yeah, it's a little cart- like, cartoonish. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Steve character, the bully in in episode was more or in season one. When he was being a bully, it was more understandable. Yeah, you know, but the Billy character is like. What's going on with this guy? Well, and initially, and I guess I don't know how better it gets, but even up to where I'm at, the red hair, the girl. Max. Max. Oh, yeah, Mad Max. Uh, she also seems a bit cartoony. Yeah, people have been saying that. I don't agree. I, I think she, I like her. I like the way she's written. I like the way she's acted. Um, I guess I'm I'm saying it from this perspective. One, initially it was sort of like the... The tough girl, right? Okay, fine. But then she's being treated like crap. Okay, actually, no, she finally did say something now that I think about it. She's like, all you guys do is treat me like crap and blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, no, I'm, I'm out. Um, but I guess it took I, – I was feeling like it was taking too long for her to get to that point. Yeah. Like, are you really this unpopular that you can't just say, screw these guys, I'm going home? Because, like, the they, she was being treated really lame. Yeah. Oh, okay, and then finally, what's the black kid's name? Lucas. Lucas finally brought her in, and then right. she's like, uh, you got to try it better. That's a stupid story. <laughs> that that guy at the like, arcade is hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, a, that's a person, like, if you've hung around the tag, Arcades. the, the arcade, yeah. The, yeah. that's a person you know. <laughs> uh, other things I didn't like were, uh, he says KFC, so there's... I don't know Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, are you at that point yet where they they have KFC at that one person's house? Uh, you think I saw that? Yeah, but is it not? Did you not say KFC back then? No, we saw we call it Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay, KFC was like I don't know nineties. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Um, also, 
they used again the word douchebag to to make oh, fun of someone. Oh, that was not a word. Right. They did that in season one. Yeah. Douchebag started being used like 10 years ago, <laughs> you know, maybe 15. Like yeah. that is a very recent insult. Yeah. So I didn't like that. And I just sort of chalked that up to the, the Duffer Brothers have done a lot of their, because they were born in 1984. So what do they know about 1984? Oh, that's true. They're not 70s born. Right. Right. And, and so so they did a, they've done a lot of research, sure. obviously, because they have nailed the look. Because one of the things that I said when we reviewed season one is that whenever they make an 80s movie, mm-hmm. like set in the 80s, They'll always, like, every furniture thing is 80s, every clothing is 80s, every car is 80s. But the yeah. thing about it is, in the 80s... It was 70s. It was 70s, yeah. because you, not a lot of people had new curtains no. in 1984. You, had, you, had, you bought your curtains right. 10 years ago. Right. Your furniture was bought 15 years ago. Right. Your car was bought, you know, 10 years ago. So everything in 19... So, and that's what they do really well in Stranger Things is, when you look at the... The, the decor, yeah. a lot of it is 70s. And that's why it feels 80s. That's right. a good point. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I also see, they didn't explain, uh, the, the, the scientist sort of explanation is a little confusing to me, actually. Uh, I won't go into that too much. Anyway, so let's take a break, and then let's talk about the music. What do you say, bro? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break, talking about Stranger Things Season 2. So let's just talk about the music here. What do you remember any of the songs? There's a lot of great music in, in season two from, um, from, ni- from 1984. No, but uh, I, I like it. <laughs> you got Whip It Good by Devo. When did they do that one? What, uh, first episode there in, okay. the, in the arcade. Oh, is that what I was playing? Uh, and then you got Just Another Day by Oingo Boingo. Oh, yeah. Just another day. It's just another day. You got uh, Talking in Your Sleep by The Romantics. Oh, that's right. I see. No, what is it? I see. Thing. No, I hear the secrets that you keep. Talking, you're talking in, in, in your sleep. sleep. Yeah. Uh, Rocky like a hurricane. That's Billy's. Rocky like a. Is that when he shows up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got Ghostbusters, obviously. Right. Like uh, one episode ends with the Ray Ghostbusters. Jr., yeah. yeah. Um, Which, by get, the way, do you remember he got sued by Hewitt Lewis? Right. And lost. <laughs> so the story was they had they wanted Huey to make the song for Ghostbusters. But he had to pass because of maybe it was because he was working on the Back to the Future stuff or whatever. But whatever reason he passed. And so then they had they found this other dude, Ray Parker Jr., and they're like, Can you make it sound like Huey? And so they did. <laughs> yeah. But too much. And so it's I want a new drug, that riff. Yeah. And so they got sued. <laughs> Interesting. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always thought that uh, I thought, the, you know, in my head, I mixed that whole story up to Huey Lewis wrote that song and Ray Parker Jr. just performed it. I see. Well, and, and what's weirder is uh, they had they'd settled out of court or they settled in some way, but part of it was they, they wouldn't talk about it. But Huey talked about it many years later on like a VH1 or something like that. And then Ray Parker Jr. sued him. <laughs> ah. Uh, we got Shout at the Devil by Montley Crew at the Halloween party. Shout at the Devil. Shout. Right. Shout. You got um, Islands in the Stream. Islands in the Stream. So I was that talking. Is what we you know are. Brant? You know Brant? Yeah, of course. So he's 31, 32. And we were talking about music and stuff. Did you know he was that young? Well, no. I'm now realizing. 
because in my mind he's still like early 20s oh no because i met him like in, seven years ago or eight years yeah, ago. yeah you met him in his early 20s yeah. oh my god yeah so brant is the bassist in my band and uh he's 32 or 31 or something and he and i were talking about music and i brought up kenny rogers mm-hmm and he's like, who's Kenny Rogers? Oh, no. And and I was like, isn't that interesting? Because he knows a shit ton about music. Sure. And I thought, how interesting it is that he doesn't know about Kenny Rogers. How does someone not know, right? And so I had to like show him some uh, uh, popular songs that I thought he might have heard. And the only one he had heard is the chorus of uh, No Wind Fold'em. No Wind okay. Hold'em. You know? But Kenny Rogers was one of the biggest stars of the 70s. Oh, yeah. And early 80s. And, and early I 80s. I mean, the freaking uh, We Are the World, he played a, a big yeah. role in that song. It's just interesting to me what things get fetishized about a period in time and what things get completely forgotten. Yeah. You know? That's true. Like, everyone knows who Madonna is, and everyone knows Like, who Lionel Richie's another one. Yeah. I, I bet you a lot of people nowadays, except maybe if they watched that show with his daughter 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Right. But mostly, they probably don't know who Lionel Richie was. Right. And, and he was, like, the biggest thing for a while. Yeah, and, he, well, for a long time. I mean, yeah. he had hit like after hit after hit. I think he still has the record for the amount of... Uh, uh, <laughs> Em, not Emmys, um, Grammys. Grammys won in one Jeez. one year. He won like ten Grammys. Yeah, yeah. It's and crazy. Yeah, he was he was you know arguably uh, aside from Michael Jackson and yeah. Madonna maybe the biggest star. Yeah, and how many how many thirty two year olds today know any Lionel Richie song other one other than Hello. Hello, and only is because it me Adele. you're looking for? You know? <laughs> only because they might have heard like that Adele song sounded similar to some old song by some old dude. Well, and. It's a song that's made fun of a lot. You sure. Know? Like yeah. there's a lot of memes. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Monster Mash, when they're trick-or-treating. Monster Mash. And do you remember the Duran Duran song? Um, Halloween Party? Let me think. Girls it... on film. Oh, did, did, did they have that? Girls one? on film. Yeah. Uh, when, when she's getting drunk? Yeah. Oh. Also, Go by Tones on, on Tail, which... I could sing for you, but I'm forgetting exactly Girls that. You, you would, uh, the Ghost in You was by Psychedelic Furs when John, Jonathan and Nancy are together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Psychedelic Furs, great. Just I, I loved them, still love them. Uh, I, I had a, one, of the, one of their cassette tapes. Uh, this is Radio Clash. Wasn't that one of your favorite bands? I love them. I still have... I I don't have a lot of physical CDs left in my life, but that's one of them. Uh, Hammer to Fall by Queen. That's a great song. Oh, yes. Uh, Blue Bayou, Roy Orbison. Uh, Round and Round Rat, When Billy is Working Out. Uh, Runaway, or you might, you, I might be actually beyond. Sure. Uh, Runaway, actually Runaway is definitely episode seven. Uh, you have, again, the Runaway's Dead End Justice. Whispers to a Scream. Whisper to a Scream by the Icicle Works. Hmm, One Hit Wonder. Uh, Metallica, Four Horsemen. Oh. Uh, should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash again. Oh, yes. Good song. Uh, the Way We Were, Barbara Streisand. Love is a Battlefield, Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar. Uh, Twist of Fate, Levia Newton-John. Time After Time, Cindy Lauper. Every Breath You Take by The Police. So the final song is every breath you take. That's not a spoiler, but okay. the, the final thing All you right. hear. 
right. is the police singing every rhythm. Okay, so let's talk about the psychology. There's not a ton of psychology, but I thought, you know, there's some things you could mention. Uh, there's a lot of bullying themes, you know. You have... So eventually you learn more of Billy's backstory. Right. And you perhaps learn why he's such a bully. Right. And I, I imagined, and I also, I mean, I saw the scene where they're playing basketball and he he tries to actually give him advice. Yeah. Uh, he gives uh, Steve, Steve advice. advice yeah. And so I'm like, ah, okay, so he's, he's the bully with a heart of gold. <laughs> well, so they don't really go much into any of that there's okay. but but you there's a scene where you're like oh i get why billy is such a dick okay. essentially so they depict that i think pretty well uh what it feels like to be bullied and all that kind of stuff it was just like one of these things where well first of all um when they're in the shower steve's actually bigger than than, than the other guy yeah. but also that was like one thing i liked because one of the guys is sort of I don't know if bullying is the word, but he's definitely teasing Steve about, oh, your girl was with uh, such and such, blah, 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 right? Yeah. And Billy doesn't really dogpile on that. He yeah. just sort of like ignores it and then says something else. Um, so I actually liked that because I thought, okay, so th- they're not just following the script from the first season. They're trying a different dynamic here. Yeah. Also, you get a sense for what it's like to be an outcast when Will is zombie boy and everything yes. like that happens a lot. Um, you also, uh, let's see, um, having to make your child suffer. So you'll see this later on in the, in the season, but, uh, you know, Will and his, and the, his mom, what his mom has to do to help Will is, something that I'm guessing a lot of parents who have to take their kids to chemotherapy or something yeah. feel, you know, there's a lot of, well, that. cause at the end of the episode I saw if I'm, yeah, I think so. They're using the fire on the stuff and will is going into some severe, right. Sev- I mean, it doesn't even look human. Right. He's starting to like, and, uh, the, the, uh, on that related theme, uh, um, <laughs> Hopper is forcing her to stay, for her own good, Eleven. Right. And is so like, like, no, you can't go out. You can't go out. And she's like, when can I go out? Right. So it's like, you know, what it's like to raise a teenager. Yeah. Very analogous to that. Also, uh, Dustin and D'Artagnan, there's a, there's a mm. fair amount of psychology there as well in terms of, um, well, you just have to watch the rest. There's what we call an anniversary effect. So this is exactly one year later, and uh, there's the psychiatrist talks about, oh, it's an anniversary effect. He's not actually, oh, you know, it's because that that's a a legitimate psychological phenomenon. Interesting. A, a year after um, a, an event, you are you are reminded reminded because the same sort of things are happening. It's the same month, maybe same right. holidays coming up. Same, right. yeah, right. Like you could imagine if your mom dies around Thanksgiving. Right. Then every Thanksgiving kind of reminds right. you of that. Um, the psychiatrist being unethical with research. We, we, <laughs> we've, I've done episodes on unethical psychiatric research, psychological research. Um, also, electric shock. You saw that bit. Um, they actually used proper terminology. 450 is the max 
level, but it is inaccurate in that you can't cause the effect we see in her from electroshock therapy. I see. You know, I don't know anything that would cause that effect, honestly. So um, you might cause memory loss. You might cause brain damage, but not what she's going through. Like that's a very sort of Duffer Brothers invention. Okay. So next season, uh, do you know anything about the next season? Not at all. So there is definitely a third and a fourth and, and, and talks of a fifth. What? They're already? Oh, wow. Yeah. They're planning far in advance. Yeah. And I'm hoping to God that it's not anything like episode seven. And I'm worried that the reason why they made episode seven was to sort of set up oh, future. No. You know, so I'm, I don't know. <laughs> But the Duffer brothers have said that they're gonna they're every ep, every season is gonna time jump a year, not only because they kind of like that that the convention, kids. but also the kids are growing up, yeah, and they, so they have to. Harry you know. Potter, yeah. <laughs> By the way, what a brilliant way to write it, right? Like she wrote every book one year, you know, yeah. Like meaning, like each book took place in one school year, so then yeah, they were sort of able to keep up with the you know. Right. It was evident towards the last few movies. They're like, they're not in high school anymore. But right. <laughs> uh, They said, the Duffer Brothers said that we'll definitely be seeing more of the Mind Flayer. Okay. Uh, season three will further explore the mythology of the Upside Down, but they say don't expect any clear answers. They also want to focus more on character development. Uh, their quote here is, it's not necessarily going to be bigger in scale, what I'm really excited about is giving these characters an interesting journey to go on. So it sounds like the upside down will be involved. Interesting. And m- maybe like, maybe they have to be in there for a while. Right. Maybe, maybe, right. Maybe it's like, yeah, maybe it's yeah. like you have a few of them who are, you know, going on a quest in the upside down or, or just something in my head. It, it, it's probably not going to be like, season one and two, where there's a lot of characters doing a lot of things. The one thing that I'm sort of sad about, when I first watched the first episode... Of season two? Of No, of season one, I thought this was going to be, uh, how do I put it, a more of a variety show, like, uh, you know, in the, in the vein of, uh, of Twilight Zone or oh. the, the old ones, you know, or the out... What was it? The uh, out... Out, yeah, out. out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> that right. thing. Yeah, the out one. <laughs> right. So I thought, I was like, oh, maybe it's going to be like that. Where Outer limits. Outer limits, yeah. Where, where I was thinking, you know, first or maybe the first season or maybe the first part was going to be about one thing, but then there was going to be another mystery. Right, because Stranger Things sounds right. like, like a Black Mirror concept. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But it, instead, it seems like it's all the same thing. And so what I'm concerned about is if it never leads somewhere or concludes and then a new thing starts. That could be a problem, like if it just never evolves. That's what it sounds like it's going to yeah. be. But yeah, that would have been interesting that they could have done season two about a different Stranger Thing, you know? Yeah, which is, I, I was thinking it was the modern version of those kinds of tales of from the crypt, you right. know? Stranger but it, Tales. But at this point, it's sort of like Game of Thrones in that you're so interested in some sure. of these characters, you sure. know? And so I think it's a smart move to try to, go even deeper into some of these characters, you know? I guess one thing that I was... But I have very I have very low expectations given... I mean, Duffer Brothers are great, and they seem to really understand how to not piss me off other than Episode 7. 
So maybe it'll be good, but it's going to be hard to sustain three, a third, fourth, and fifth season of this episode. Especially like here's another. Here's what I don't want to see over and over and over. Will, what's wrong with Will? So oh. I, I've I've heard that that's not going to happen. Good <laughs> because like because like th- they recognize I think smartly yeah. that it's like. Fool me once. You know, the, the 24 uh, uh, deal where it's like his daughter always gets kidnapped. Right, you know? right, right. It's like eventually you got, you got to do something else. Like, oh, God damn it. They got yeah. to my one weakness, my daughter. Right. Um, all right. So what's the final word here on Stranger Things? I'm liking it so far. I'm intrigued by some of the things you spoiled. <laughs> did I, did I no, spoil much? No, no, it's okay. fine. It's fine. I, I'm, I'm excited to see the remainder of it. Uh, I will actually. I'm very interested now. In I almost wish. Seven. I almost wish you had said you're gonna, one of the episodes. You're gonna troll. You're well. You would know immediately. Like, right? No, but I wish you would have done that. Like yeah. one of the episodes coming up. I'm curious if you're. So, anyways, I know you're gonna troll me on this. You're you're gonna post something on Facebook and you're gonna be like, <laughs> episode seven, my favorite. Oh, I'm gonna do it on the psychology fan page. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, this is better. You know what I'm gonna say? It's, I'm gonna say finally something trumped. The movie Broken Flowers for me. Broken Flowers? Yeah, there's an inside joke because... So, back when Broken Flowers came out with um, Bill Murray. Uh-huh. Did you ever watch that? Uh-uh. Okay, so it was after uh, Sleepless in Tokyo or whatever it's called. You know, Love in Tokyo. What's that one? Uh, Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. There we go. Uh, after that movie, which by the way, I loved, right? Broken Flowers came out. And there was a lot of buzz, a lot of people talking about it's it. Like it was Lost like, in Translation 2. Yeah, or, yeah. or you know, a re- one of those really good indie movies. And my friend Mitch and I were like, oh, we totally need to see Broken Flowers. Oh, absolutely. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we got to see it. We got to see it. And then we didn't. And then time went by. But I remember I posted like my favorite movies and I, and I added Broken Flowers in there. And so he did too. And so for a while, the joke was like we would both list Broken Flowers as one of our favorite movies, but we'd never seen it. And then eventually the trader watched it without me. So now I'm the only one who's, and I hope no one hears this podcast because as far as anyone knows, I have seen and love Broken Flowers as one of my favorite movies. I should have brought it up during our favorite movie episode. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining me out there. Please take care of yourself because... You deserve it.